It, so far, it's been a really great weekend here in Bozeman. I want to make sure my slides are working. Are they working back there? Can you hear me? Are the slides on? There we go. All right. Let me go back one slide. Um, just in, Some of us were together on Friday night. Uh, who, who was here Friday night? Yeah, we had an awesome time together. That was, ter- that was really fun. Um, and I, I let you know that, uh, that uh, I, we talked about seeing being the body of Christ together sort of like a laboratory. Do you remember that? Like, and that we're invited to experiment to figure out how to live our lives in the way of Jesus. And I promised that this morning we would get back in the laboratory and do some ex- experimenting together. Do you remember this? And some people looked really excited about that on Friday night. So we're going to try it. So just to prepare you, um, during the next half hour, maybe not think of this as a sermon. Maybe think of it as uh, an experiment. I'm going to invite you to um, stand up a little bit, move around the room just a little bit, turn and talk to somebody at some point in, in the next half hour. Are you up for it? Give me a thumbs up if, you, if you're up for it. Great. So... Yesterday, we got to be with about six or seven families from the community here and had a great day together exploring how to create a thriving family culture. And I want to say thanks to everybody who, who came and um, shared so vulnerably, and like we really went on a great journey together. Um, Lisa and I are co-founders of an organization called Reimagine, and we like to call it a... Um, a Center for Integral Christian Practice, or another way of saying that, that is, is we're interested in helping each other apply the teachings of Christ to everyday life. And so this morning, what I hope to do is take a look at an area of our lives that I think we have in common, and that is taking some steps to explore how to trust God with our worries. Um, you have a sheet of paper in front of you. Hopefully you do. The usher gave it to you this morning. Awesome. You can either grab a pen or a pencil from the rack there, and I'm going to invite you to jot some things down as I'm talking this morning. Um, I thought it might be helpful, as long as we're talking about learning to trust God with our worries, maybe I could share with you a few of of my top worries. Um, So uh, this is kind of a silly one, but uh, um, I, I often spend my time traveling around and teaching Uh, based on books that Lisa and I have written together. But almost every time I get ready to go somewhere to do that, I start feeling, a few days ahead, I start feeling a tightening in my chest, and I start waking up worrying about, am I going to be competent? Am I going to show up? And people are like, why did we invite this guy? He's got nothing to say, and he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's such a faker and a poser. And I start feeling a bit anxious. So it's a little silly when this is, this is what I do for a living, and then I feel so worried about it all the time. Um, so I feel like that's a worry about kind of my sense of competency and um, my ego's tied up in it. Here's another one. Um, I, I'm 46 years old, and the last few years... I've been working really hard to keep my body in shape. Like, I'm consuming about half as many calories as I was five years ago, except for the donut Jason invited me to eat this morning. So thanks a lot for that. But, but I've noticed that no matter how, how much I cut back on my food, and how much I exercise, I sometimes exercise two hours a day. I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror, 
And there's still this tire developing right around my belly. My, I'm losing control of my body, and so I'm often, I'm often feeling a bit anxious about that. What's going on with that? Um, I, sometimes, um, I sometimes worry about whether or not I've prepared well for old age. Have I, like, put, st- say, I didn't, I didn't start saving right away when I was a young person for, for retirement, and I wonder, are we going to have enough when we get to the point where we can't work anymore. Um, sometimes I worry about, uh, about particular things about getting older besides money. One of them is um, my, fa- my grandfather developed dementia as he got older, and I'm starting to see my dad develop signs of that, and I wonder, I worry a little bit that I'm going to become a burden to my family because, uh, because my brain's not working as well. And then um, one other one, I, I tend to worry about my kids a bit. I've got three young adult kids, and I worry, are, um, man, are they going to find somebody to spend the rest of their life with? Um, I don't want them to go through hard things. I want, I, want, I want them to make really good choices. Okay, so I've unloaded some of my worries on you. I see some nodding, so I've, it makes, helps me feel not so alone in these worries. But what I'd like you to do is take the, those three sticky notes that are on your sheet there, And if you'd be willing to, I'd like you to write one worry on each of those sticky notes, one of your top three, your top three worries. So I'm going to give you a minute or two to do this, but and just just to let you know, you want to. I'm going to invite you to take a little step of vulnerability with this, and that is after you've written down what you tend to worry about, come up and put it on one of these two places here. We're a community together this morning, and it might, it might help us to trust God better if we, can, if, we can, um, if, if we can be vulnerable a little bit about the things that we struggle to trust God with. Um, you probably won't want to write any particular person's name. You know, I worry that so-and-so, like, um, it, since you know that it's going to be displayed here. But um, sometimes when I do this in faith communities, People will hand their worries to somebody else so that nobody knows that it's them. So if you could hand it to another person in your row to put up, and then we'll never know it was you that, that um, shared that with us. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you about a minute and a half to write down your top three worries. Are there five sticky notes? Okay, I, I only had three on mine. If you have, so you can write up to five of your top worries. And if you don't have five top worries, congratulations. Uh, but, but there's space for you to write as many as possible. And then just come up as soon as you've got them written and put them up here and um, head back to your seat or hand them to somebody else to bring on up. We're going to play a little bit of music to give you a little space to do this. You may want to also put it in a sentence form, like, I worry that, and then just share what that worry is.
Whenever you are ready, you can just quietly come up and put, post them on, the, on either one of these easels here. And if, you, if you're not able, just hand it to somebody else and they'll bring it up for you. So um, I want to thank you for taking a risk with me this morning. And the, I haven't even taken a look at them yet, but one, one thing that helps me is to know I'm not the only person that worries. Uh, and hopefully that's, that's helpful to you. Um, it, I've invited Mandy to come up, and we're going to just take a moment. And if, if, we, if we had enough room, I would invite everybody to come up, and we all look at the worries together. But because it's a little, it'd be too crowded up here, we're just going to read... Um, read a few of the worries of our community here um, out loud. Um, I'll read a couple, and then Mandy, you can read a couple. I, I worry about elderly parents. I worry about my child's future, my daughter, my husband. I worry that I can be a good father and husband. I worry 
that I can maintain mental and physical health as I age. Kids, money. I worry, am I living my dreams? Am I good enough? Mm. I worry about my bills, financial matters, um, the people I love leaving, that I won't be able to get my finances in order. I worry that I'm not doing a good job at work. I worry about being a person of integrity, preparing for retirement. I worry that I'm missing out on my own family. Mm. I worry that I don't look great. I worry that I'm not using my time for good. Um, I worry about the direction of our country. I worry about my children. Have I done all I can for them? I worry about a good job. I worry about playing drums. Mm. <laughs> I think I know that. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. <laughs> I worry about my mother's health. I worry that I won't ever be able to lose weight. I worry that my husband won't ever turn back to God. Mm. Thanks, Mandy. So thank you again for taking a risk to, um, to share some of the things that, that uh, are close to your heart that you worry about. I want to just notice a couple of things about what we put up here. I, I, maybe you notice this too, that we don't all worry about the same things. There's, but there seem to be some different categories of life. What did you hear about? What were some of the t- topics we tend to worry about? Money and financial issues? Health stuff? Yeah, family, children, spouses, security. I heard some in there too about like, am I good enough or am I, you know, am I good at what I do? So some things about ego and identity. Um, so we don't all worry about the same things. I want to suggest we tend to worry about what we can't control. Uh, um, and, and those things are things like I can't control the future. I can't control what another person decides to do. Right. In some ways, um, I'm losing control of my body as I as I age over time. Right. So, um, something that I think is helpful to uh, to parse out a little bit about worry is that worry and concern are not the same. Um, let's say I'm, I told you I was a bit worried about my financial future. Right. Um, there are some things I can do that will help me prepare. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I have a choice whether or not I'm just going to fester about it or I'm going to say there's something I could do to act on it. I might worry about my kid's future. Um, and, and I can't control that. But if I'm concerned about them, I can spend time with them. I can work on my communication with them. Does that make sense? And so concern motivates us to action. When, when we hear that voice of, of concern, we go, what could I do today? or this week or this month that will, that will help me move in a good direction with this. In contrast, worry is an anxious focus on what we can't control. So if we wake up in the morning or throughout the day or as we're going to bed at night, we start to feel that tightening in the chest or in the stomach or that pain in the back or sometimes in the back of the head. Like worry actually, sometimes you feel it in your body in a particular place, right? It's when we keep going back to that thought and it doesn't motivate us to do something. It just, it just circles around in our, in our brain and in our heart. So, here's, so we've established 
um, that it seems like most of us here in the room, we worry. Okay, what's interesting, though, is that Jesus taught in Matthew 6.33, don't worry about your life. So we worry. He, He says don't worry, suggesting the possibility that we could live a life free of worry and anxiety. The Apostle Paul echoed the same thing. I think I have a slide on this, uh, where he said, do not be anxious about anything. So I want to pause for a minute and let's consider, let's imagine what would it be like to live a life free of worry and anxiety? How would you like that? Would you like to have a life free of worry and anxiety? Jesus suggests through this teaching that it's actually possible for us to experience a life significantly free of worry and anxiety. In fact, he even said in the, in the text I quoted there, Matthew 6, 33, um, wor- worrying about things doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't make you an inch taller or let you, help you live a, a day longer. And so um, he's really calling us to see life and to n- navigate life in a whole new way. So for the rest of um, our time this morning, I want to talk about some practical things that might help us to move from worry and anxiety towards deeper trust and confidence in our Creator's care. Uh, One thing that has helped me with this is to confront the things that I worry about, or I tend to worry about. Um, In psychological terms, this is called catastrophizing. And you can ask the question, what is the worst thing that could happen? What if the thing I worry about actually come, would come true? What might that be like? So I'll give you a couple of examples of this. Um, I told you I worry about whether or not I'm going to have enough money for my old age. What's the worst thing that could happen? that I actually did not prepare or did not have the resources to, to be able to provide for myself and for Lisa financially as I get older. Then what would I do? Well, I would, if I don't have the resources I need, I'm going to have to become dependent on other people. I might have to move in with one of my kids or another relative. And sometimes when we do this kind of worst-case scenario stuff, what it helps us to do is to see that often we have an attachment to a certain outcome. And so it's helpful to ask the question then, what does this tell me? What does my worry tell me about what's important to me, where I find security, or how I've made my satisfaction contingent on a particular outcome. So in this case, I've, I sort of live in the space where I say, I can only be satisfied as if when I get to be an older person, I can be financially independent. And what this reveals to me is that I've got some pride about being a provider and that, um, and that, there's some, that, that I've said I can only be happy if I maintain that kind of independence. Um, and so often our worries have contingencies like that. I think I worry about whether or not I'm successful in what I do. What's the worst case scenario? I'm not actually very good at this. <laughs> and, um, and that I'm going to have to find a different thing to do with my time, different way to bring an income to my family. So what's the attachment there? 
that I, what I've said is, God, I want to do a particular thing for my work. And if I don't get to do that, I can't be happy. But I think, um, I think God's invitation to us is to say, consider the possibility that you don't even know what's going to make you happy. You might get what you want, but you, that might not even make you happy. Could you entertain the possibility that someone cares about you and knows you better than you know yourself and can be with you in whatever may come? Um, Lisa has, uh, in recent years, as our kids have launched into adulthood, struggled a bit with worrying about our kids and whether or not they're going to succeed in college. And... Um, are they going to get good grades and are they going to, um, you know, um, graduate? And almost every day she would wake up with this deep anxiety about this. And when she did this exercise, she realized that, um, that it wasn't what she was thinking about was the, whether or not my kids succeed in college says something about me. And I can feel good about me if they do well in school. But it, going through this helped her realize, wow, I, what, if, what, if college, what if college success isn't for my kids? Can I trust that God has something else for them other than this? Um, make, some of this makes me think of, uh, you, maybe some of you know Veruca Salt um, from the uh, William, uh, Willy Wonka, where she's saying, she's saying, this is what I want and I want it now. When I've thought about some of this, I've realized sometimes even my prayers tend to be exercises in worry. I'm almost demanding, God, give me what I want, or else I won't trust you, or else I won't be happy, or, or else I won't be satisfied. And this teaching of Jesus is inviting us into something deeper, to say, can you trust that even if you don't always get what you want, that, that, you, that, that someone cares deeply for you and can be with you through everything. Um, a second step that's helpful is to affirm trust. If we have a tendency to, in our brains as we're waking up or going to sleep at night, think about the things that we worry about, it can be helpful to remember God's faithfulness. Uh, I like to ask myself the question, can I imagine being okay even if the thing I fear does come true? And so when I'm starting to worry, I'll sometimes say, God or good creator, I trust that no matter what happens, you are here with me. Um, You are guiding me. You are caring for me through whatever may come. Um, Sometimes it's helpful to me to um, if, if my mind tends towards those repeated thoughts of worry and anxiety, to come up with something, a statement of trust. You see that the Psalms are often statements of trust like this. And so I've, it's been helpful for me to write my own statements of trust like this. And so this is one I often use that I wrote to help me with my particular kind of struggles. And it goes like this. God, my life is in you. I receive this moment as a gift. All that has been and what lies ahead remain a mystery to me, kept hidden. But I trust in the love that spoke this world into existence. I say yes to whatever this day may bring. Only let me see and cherish what is real. So I'm going to invite you to try something for just a moment. This is another one of those big risks. 
Um, I want to invite you to turn in a moment to somebody next to you and say, tell them, here's one thing that I worry about. And then try on that worst case scenario thing and say, what's the worst thing that could happen if, if my worry came true? And, and is there something that I can remind myself of to affirm trust in God's goodness and care? Does that make sense? Quick little exercise. One thing before I let you go to this that I want, I, I want, to, I want to, you to keep in mind. Sometimes our worries and the, the things we're attached to, they're, um, they, they're easy to reveal. There's some kinds of worries that go really deep. Like um, I have a friend who, when we were doing this exercise together, she said, I don't feel like my worry is selfish. I worry about my son's mental health. His grandfather committed suicide, and there are signs that he has the same diagnosis, and I worry that eventually he might take his life. So this doesn't feel like a selfish thing. And, and I said, man, that's a, that's a mother's heart. That's a parent's heart. You, you are right to care for and have deep concern for your son. But I said, I still think there's an opportunity here. Can you trust that God cares about your child as much as you do? And even if your son has the same diagnosis as your father, that God can be with your son even in the midst of his illness and will be with him through whatever he experiences in life. So I guess I'm saying this isn't easy, but let's take a shot at it. Take a couple of minutes, turn to somebody near you and say, here's one of my worries. Here's, what, here's some worst case scenario thinking and maybe what I think I might be attached to about it. And here's what I would, might help me to remember um, that helps me to trust. So take about two minutes and each person share one of their worries back and forth for just a moment.
I'm going to give you about a minute to finish up your conversation, then we'll come back together. Okay, if we could, let's come back together. We'll keep talking, but let's talk as a big group for a second. Um, I w- I'm curious, what was it like to take a little time to talk about w- w- your worry? What was that like? What was it like to talk about your worry? Yes. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because they don't know what you're, th- what you're going through inside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so it sounds like it sounds like what we're realizing is um, part of working through worry could be t- taking the courage to talk like like we've tried to exercise together. Uh, anybody else? What, what did you notice talking about worry? Yes, it relieves some of it. Yeah, I've heard I've heard many people say, and this has been my um, experience too. When I start talking about it with somebody I trust. Sometimes I go, man, why do I worry about this? I can't make it, I can't change it anyway. <laughs> you know, and that's interesting. Any, any last call, anybody else? So it can be helpful to talk through it. It can be helpful to have a friend or a loved one remind you of what's true and, support, and remind you that you can trust. I've got some, um, I've got some hard news for us this morning, though. Well, uh, I'll get to the hard news in just a minute. It can often be helpful in learning to trust to counteract the, the pattern of, of habits that we have around our worry. I'll give an example for me. Because I worry about my performance as a, as a teacher, I'll sometimes spend hours um, preparing my outlines and going through slides over and over again, trying to overcompensate for that worry. Um, maybe you have a medical issue, and I don't know about you, when it, but when I have a medical struggle, sometimes I'll go on the internet and Google about it and look at WebMD and start clicking and clicking and clicking. So an act of trust about that, for me, is to uh, close my computer and stop preparing, or to get off of Googling or WebMD and, and stop staying up late at night looking at what my problems might be. Um, I've got a friend named Tom, and his worry was quite serious. He, he, worry, he lived in San Francisco where we live, and he worried that he, there would be an earthquake and that it was, his safety would be threatened. And it was such a big issue for him that he carried an earthquake preparedness kit on his back every day to work. And so he, when he was trying to work through learning to trust, he's like, I'm going to take a big step. I'm going to leave the house without my earthquake preparedness kit. 
And it was a big act of faith for him to do that. So it's helpful to think, is there a step I could take that would practice trust instead of practice worry? Does that make sense? Okay, here's the hard news. I think this is the next slide. The hard news is many of the things that we worry about the most are actually going to come true. Um, All of us in this room are going to experience, we we may be experiencing it now, but eventually we're going to experience more. We're going to experience loss in our lives. We're going to experience disappointment. You're going to come to the end of your potential in your career or vocation or hobbies. You're not going to get any better and you're not going to go any farther. Um, You're going to experience a disappointment in some of your relationships, relationships that you'd hoped would become closer, more intimate, and more healthy. They stop moving towards that. And then you're, you're going to become, uh, you're going to get sick or you're going to get injured and you're going to die. Am I right about these predictions? Yes. Wow, why did, Mar- why, did, why, why did I come and tell you that this morning? It's because since we know those things are, are true, that we're going to experience those things, then we have to find a way of trusting in our creator that will allow us to trust in our creator no matter what may come. Does that make sense? You see this in the Psalms. Uh, This is one of my favorite Psalms. It'd be a great one to meditate on this week. The Psalmist says, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Sometimes we feel like that when we're worrying. Yet I am always with you. You hold me in your right hand. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So we've done some work with trying to think differently and get some perspective on worry and anxiety. But sometimes the worry or the anxiety, we even feel it in our bodies and maybe it even starts in the body. And so it can help us to learn to rest in our creator's care and presence. You probably are familiar with the psalm that says, be still and know that I'm God. Something that I'm trying to do in my life that helps me with this. Even though I'm meditating on the scripture and stuff, I still feel the worry in my body. I'm trying to learn to let go and just allow and just realize I am, I am made by the creator. The creator cares for me. And I want to be able to say, just like Jesus was able to say, God, not my will, but yours be done. I'm living open-handed and trusting that you are here and that you will be with me through whatever suffering, difficulty, loss, disappointment, pain that I may face in my life. And I want to I live in that trust. So I want you to try this with me. Uh, close your eyes right now and put out your hands. Let's just try this in our bodies to, to do this. I want you to breathe, breathe a deep breath in right now. And then breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. Our creator is closer to you right now than the air that you just have been taking in. And we are invited to trust that because God is closer than our breath now, that God can be with us 
through whatever may come in our lives. I, I sometimes sit, try and sit like this and just breathe deep. And I feel like it's partly, I'm, I'm trying to train and prepare for those times when I might be taking my last breath. So I want to, what I want you to invite you to do for just a moment is to hold that breath. Keep your eyes closed and your hands open. And practice living open-handed, saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. I trust my life to you, no matter what may come. Let's just sit in silence for just a moment. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in every generation. Teach us to make our home in you and to learn to live in the light of your presence with us through whatever may come. Amen. I want to leave you with a couple, couple homework possibilities and then, and then we'll close. If trusting God with your worries is something that you, want to, you feel like you want to work a bit more on this week, we could, we could continue on what we've started together um, by, by supporting each other a bit more to affirm trust. So I've opened up a Facebook group that is called um, Trust Experiment Bozeman. And Jason and I and Lisa are already in on it. And if you'd like to, you could post one of your worries and kind of write through that kind of confronting worry exercise. And then, and then what I'd invite you to do is try for the next seven days to each day when you get up in the morning and when you go to bed at night, um, meditate on a verse of scripture or a, a personal psalm that you write and just sit for five minutes and, re- and repeat that, that prayer or that, that verse, and try and breathe deep and remember that God is here with you. One other thing I'll suggest is that sometimes it's helpful to put our worries and concerns in context. Something that's helped Lisa and I and our kids with this is that we sponsor a child through an organization called Compassion International. And when I start worrying about money and worrying about opportunities for my kids, I get, every month I get a letter from a, a young girl in El Salvador who struggles just to have water, clean water, adequate nutrition, and, and basic safety. And it's kind of reality check for me to say, man, I don't want to just think about what's hard for me, but to see a little bit of bigger picture, and maybe I'll worry less as I take steps to be generous. And so Lisa and I brought along a few packets today um, if you want to take, take the challenge to support a child who's, um, who's trying to come out of poverty. Thank you guys so much for your willingness to take a step to, um, to, to uh, move from worry to trust today. And I hope you'll join us this week in the experiment. Thank you, Mark. How about a round of applause? That was fantastic. Uh, I, want to, I want to just alert you to a few announcements. So if you take your bulletin out real quick.